Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is June 30th, 2022, and our first story The Pentagon has announced they will keep performing abortions regardless of what state law says, setting us up for a state versus federal conflict over law enforcement that is driving us towards civil war. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong, but it is kind of creepy. In our next story, shout out to the Daily Wire. Victory across the board. They announced they have signed Jordan Peterson. We've got a bunch of announcements happening here at TimCast.com, so I'm super excited. Thank you all so much for your support. And in our last story, Joe Biden says you will have to pay high prices as long as it takes for Ukraine to win. Yeah, you better sacrifice for Joe Biden's political ambitions. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. It was not too long after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey that members of Congress came out and said the court was illegitimate. It was not that long after that other branches of the federal government said that they do not agree with the ruling from SCOTUS. We had the DOJ, Merrick Garland, saying, no, no, we do not accept this. And now even the Department of Defense is rejecting the Supreme Court's rulings worryingly saying they will keep performing abortions on bases that are consistent with federal law, even if they are in states with a total ban. And therein lies the big question, where does this bring us? What is not in question? If you're an employee of the federal government, a federal agent or work in law enforcement, if you are active duty military and you are in a state and you break the law, you will be charged, period. Now, the question is, what if you break the law on a military base? Well, that's federal property. The state may not actually go after you, but it depends on the zeal of the prosecutors and law enforcement. Here's what I'm worried about. The Pentagon says we're going to stay consistent with federal law, but I'm pretty sure the federal government can't outright break, commit, can't, can't outright commit felonies as it pertains to state jurisdiction, though they could say this is uh, this military base, it's federal land, not your jurisdiction. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It is setting up the states for a civil war. 
in states that outright ban abortions and view the practice as murder, I don't see them saying in this instance, it's not our jurisdiction. So we back off if things escalate. I don't know. Maybe the states just say, look, we think it's murder, but we're not going to go into a military base. But what if what if there's a doctor working for the federal government who performs abortions, but he lives off base? What if then he leaves base after performing the procedure that is illegal and then the cops say we're going to arrest him? What if a federal agent, a federal employee or member of the armed forces is arrested after leaving federal lands after having performed an abortion? I don't want to say there's a guarantee of civil war or whatever. I talk about this stuff, but at a certain point, come on, man, things are getting lined up. The first civil war started because South Carolina was like, hey, you can't be in that building those military bases, those fortresses. And the federal government says they belong to us. What happens now if the state says, we're not going to let you kill people? This is what you need to understand. The view on the moral issue of abortion is pronounced. It is different. The left says they're not people. The right says they are people. Do you think a red state would allow the federal government to execute someone to kill them? Just just commit homicide. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that would create some kind of major incident. But that scene, like something like that happening where like a federal agent kills someone without cause, the state's probably going to be like, we want charges. In this instance, we're talking about the normalization of a procedure, something that happens much more frequently than, say, a one-off murder. Maybe I'm out of line. Maybe I'm wrong. But aside from this, we have another story, and that's Joe Biden has just backed ending the filibuster. It's called the nuclear option so they can ram through federal protections or codification of Roe v. Wade. If they do that, when Republicans take the House and the Senate in November, it will be shockingly bad for them. Granted, they're not going to get anything through without a veto-proof majority, so maybe the Democrats don't care. But then come 2025, when you get a, new, a Trump or a DeSantis and total domination by the Republican Party, they are going to rubber stamp through every policy they ever wanted. You don't want to end that filibuster. But let's talk about what's going on at the Pentagon and the DOD. It is shocking, in my opinion, when you see the attorney general and the Department of Defense defying the Supreme Court. But how will the states handle this? This will be interesting. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. The Daily Wire is too good. They're doing too well. Tim Katz should be doing well as well. Well, we're doing really well. But I'm watching the Daily Wire, almost 900,000 subs, and I'm like, come on, guys. Let's have a gentleman's race. Now, granted, they're way beyond us, but their victory is our victory. And I would like to see TimCast.com grow to that level, launching new shows and doing all of that really awesome stuff. And with your support, we will be able to. Shout out to the Daily Wire crew for all their success. We've got behind the scenes shows at uh, TimCast.com you can check out. And we're going to be doing paywalled opinion pieces, columns, written, uh, written articles for members only, as well as launching new shows and documentaries. So with your support, we're going to make awesome stuff happen. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read the news and once again, talk about civil war, as I often do. The Daily Mail reports Pentagon will keep performing abortions on bases that are consistent with federal law even if they are in states with a total ban. 
The Pentagon said Tuesday it will continue offering limited abortions to female service members and dependents at its facilities, regardless of how state law changes after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Gil Cisneros, Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, said that medical centers on military bases are federal facilities and won't change how they operate under the new ruling. Federal law stipulates that military facilities offer abortions in cases where the life of the mother is endangered or the pregnancy is the result of rape or incest. It prohibits the Department of Defense from paying for or offering other types of abortions. Now, now I'll slow down. That is still protected. OK, so so even in places where there's like a total ban, for the most part, I think only Texas does not allow abortions in the case of rape, rape or incest. But in, in the cases of the life of uh, life of the mother is endangered, typically it's offered in every state. Now, with rape or incest, Texas says no dice. Texas is the state to keep an eye on. In Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Organization, the Supreme Court decided in a five to four decision on Friday to overturn Roe, the landmark ruling. This we already know. Without Roe, a number of states have said they will ban abortions, even in the case of rape or incest. States like Alabama and Arkansas have laws that were blocked by the courts until the Dobbs decision. After Dobbs, those laws are likely to take effect. Florida bans abortion after 15 weeks with no exceptions. And states like Louisiana and Texas have trigger laws that are soon to take effect, implementing a near total ban on abortion, including for rape or incest. All state abortion bans include some sort of exception when the life of the mother is threatened. The Supreme Court decision does not prohibit the department from continuing to perform covered abortions consistent with federal law. There will be no interruption to this care, Cisneros' memo read. States may not impose criminal or civil liability on federal employees who perform their duties in a matter authorized by federal law, the memo said. And that is the interesting line. And maybe that's where it ends. But I pulled up some stories to suggest it may not be that simple. Simply declaring that you are legally allowed to break state law does not mean it's true. And though many people basically say, well, federal law supersedes state law, you have the supremacy clause. I don't know that how that's going to play out ideologically, but let's read more. I want to read this again. They say states may not impose criminal or civil liability on federal employees who perform their duties in a manner authorized by federal law. The Pentagon performed 91 abortions at its facilities from 2016 to 2021, according to an internal report obtained by USA Today. I want to point this out. The first civil war. It was stated by Buchanan, he was president at the time, that secession was illegal. You can't do that. Hey, the states did it anyway. And then people started shooting each other. I don't know if we're really at that point where states are going to be like, we will arrest you. We don't care what the feds think. But we could be gradually and then suddenly. The federal government coming out and saying we can ignore state laws doesn't mean you can. There have been many stories about federal agents arrested by state police. I've got some and I'll show you. Cisneros added in the memo that the court's decision will have significant implications for our service members, dependents, other beneficiaries of DOD healthcare services and civilian employees, as well as the readiness of the force. The memo said that service members will still be able to use paid sick leave to travel to another state to obtain an abortion. Meanwhile, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra on Tuesday directed federal agencies to ensure that all women have access to medication abortions in uh, to medication abortions in the case of rape or incest. The secretary told reporters that federal law requires HHS programs grant abortion pills in exceptional circumstances. 
It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Including rape or incest, or when the mother's life is at risk. Now we're hearing a lot of this. Roe v. Wade ruling sees MSNBC, CNN, and more go full scorched earth, quote, civil war. I know. I'm not the only one who said it. Here's one from the LA Times. Has the Supreme Court put us on the path to civil war? The Supreme Court? I don't know if the Supreme Court did it. I think it's a collection of issues. But let me talk to you about enforcing the law against federal officers. So first, We have this story from the Columbus Dispatch. ATF agent accuses Columbus police officers of excessive force. All right. All right. Let's walk through this. I remember this story. A lot of people laughed about it. A guy was serving an ATF agent was serving a warrant about a shotgun. He acted a fool and the cops pinned him, detained him, and he says excessive force. Okay, this agent, it doesn't matter. Maybe this one doesn't matter. These cops did not know he was an agent. They said, we don't know or care who you are. You can say whatever you want and get on the ground. That's why he was detained. He also wasn't on federal land. But you can see in this instance that there are local police who will arrest, detain, and question or investigate federal officers because it doesn't matter if you're a federal officer. They don't know or care if they're investigating. But maybe this is not a good example. Let's let's move forward. Here's a story from from WWL-TV. Federal agent arrested after several misconduct complaints. He was arrested by the Louisiana State Police. A federal agent was arrested by Louisiana State Police. So here's a guy who was accused of committing crimes. Uh, 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 But was he arrested for something he did on federal jurisdiction? I don't know if that matters. He was arrested by the state police. And then we have this. Active duty Marine pleads not guilty to murder count in fatal shooting at Miramar Road Bar. Once again, this is an individual who was on state property, state jurisdiction, who was accused of a crime, was arrested and pleaded not guilty. He was arrested by, I believe, uh, sheriffs, uh, uh, sheriffs, uh, Sandy, or I, I don't know about that. He's being prosecuted by the San Diego County Deputy District Attorney. This is a district attorney. I don't believe this. I don't think this is a federal case. I could be wrong about this one. Let me let me let me double check. I'm assuming if it's the deputy district attorney for San Diego. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's San Diego County. So this is not federal. Anyway, the point is there are many stories that you can easily easily pull up of active duty service personnel, federal agents and employees who are criminally charged at the state level. But there is still the greater question of whether or not someone on federal jurisdiction will be arrested for performing an illegal act 
because the federal government wants them to. I want to stress this point, okay? The federal government says you're allowed to terminate the life of the baby. Just do your job. The state says killing a baby is illegal. The question is, will the state say we will not allow these atrocities? The issue is the strength at which the moral conviction exists within the individuals. The feds can come out and say all they want. You cannot be criminally or civilly held responsible if we tell you to do it. But we have long said just doing my job is no excuse. Will we come to a point where a very zealous prosecutor or police officers don't care? Let me tell you a story. Up in New York City, it is legal for women to walk around with no shirts on, with their uh, boobies hanging out. Up in New York, it's legal. There are many instances, however, where the police don't care. There are, there are stories where there's this one woman, morbidly obese older woman, walks around topless. And cops go up to her and say, ma'am, you have to put a shirt on or go home. And she says, no, I don't. The cops arrest her or cuff her. She sues and she wins instantly. But regardless of the law, the cops still arrest her. They don't care. Which brings us to this question. What if there is a pro-life Christian conservative police officer? Very pro-life. And they are told at the state level of anyone who provides or performs an abortion will have committed a felony. And he knows for a fact that this doctor has done such a thing. He has proof. Maybe he has a complaint. Here's a scenario. A man and a woman, they copulate. You know what I mean? Woman gets pregnant. The woman is active duty uh, military. Um, so is the man, perhaps. The man begs the woman not to get the procedure. She says she's getting it anyway. He says, I'll go with you. And they together go to the hospital. This man witnesses the doctor perform the procedure or is there and has shown evidence to the fact that it happened and then files a complaint with the state. This doctor performed an illegal abortion. He was witness to it. Watched it happen. Or perhaps something easier. Uh, a, a woman invites her pro-life mom and the mom is like, don't do this. Don't do this. And she says, I want you to be in there with me. I don't know. Maybe it's absurd that a family member or something another would be there while it's happening. But regardless, they can be in the hospital. They can go with them. They go to the prosecutor and say, I swear under oath, this man performed it, admitted it to me. I saw part or some of the procedure. The court, the prosecutor now says, we've got sworn witness testimony of a crime being committed in our state. Perhaps it's as simple as to say, look, we're not going to go up against the federal government. But then the man says, this dude doesn't live on base. This guy is a doctor. He's a, he's a civilian doctor contracting with the feds. So the state says, so wait, 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 hold on. He's a civilian. He's not, he's not, he's a contractor for the feds. He performed the procedure on federal grounds in line with federal law, but as a resident of the state under our jurisdiction. The question is, if you live in a state and the state has evidence that you committed a crime in a different state, do they prosecute you? I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all, all the answers. But what about federal jurisdiction? This is where it gets tough because I don't think it matters that the law says precedent states that they can't do that. I'm sure a lot of lawyers will be like, Tim, no, no, the state can't prosecute. All that matters is they try. 
All that matters is you get a staunchly pro-life Catholic, Christian, conservative or otherwise very pro-life prosecutor who's got a witness who says I will sign a sworn statement and then documents showing the procedure happens. Here's the files from it with the guy's name signed on it saying he did it. And they say that is a felony in this state. The guy leaves the base, is driving home, gets pulled over and they say you are under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say or do will be used against you in the court of law while you're being Mirandized because when an investigation is happening, you get Mirandized. What happens then? Do the feds then say, we will not allow this? Now, in today's day and age, I don't think this ends with people shooting each other. But what happens when the federal government says we're going to keep doing it? What happens when you get a state that is hyper, hyper polarized, geographically polarized, and everyone there is adamantly pro-life? What happens when the abortion performed is at eight and a half months and the, and the problem, the safety of the mother was a mental health issue? And the doctor terminates the life of the baby in accordance with the codification Democrats set forward. I will say this right now. Maybe it's extreme to state. The Democrats have tried codifying a law that would allow abortion up to the point of birth. If the mother's health is in jeopardy. But if the baby is viable, why kill it? Abortion is defined as a procedure that terminates a pregnancy in a way that does not result in a live birth, according to the CDC. That would mean, let's say the mother has the heart problem. She's eight months pregnant. The baby is viable, can survive on its own. Well, maybe go to the ICU for, for, you know, safety reasons, but the baby can survive. The doctor says, ma'am, if you keep carrying this baby, you will die. Under the Democrats bill, he could just then kill the baby even if it could survive on its own. Men on the left say that it's not an abortion, that it's a C-section. No, 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 no. That's delivery of the baby. Abortion terminates the life. Let's say they codify this. We're not talking about a circumstance in which a woman is six weeks pregnant or even 15 weeks pregnant, and they go in and end the pregnancy or give her some kind of medical, medically induced abortion. I mean, medicinal, medication-based. We're talking about a circumstance where the Democrats codify late-term abortion And a woman gets one because she's depressed. Do you think then, and I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying, imagine that scenario where a federal prosecutor says you terminated the life of a baby at nine months right before it was to be born because the woman was depressed and that was the mental health issue. We're prosecuting that. And the feds say, no, you can't. It's our jurisdiction. Say you're in our state and you're bringing people in. We will not allow it. What if the woman is a serve act, active, active duty, and she lives off base. And the doctor is a civilian contractor who lives off base, and they go on to base to do it. If a doctor who lives in a state smuggles a woman out to, outside the jurisdiction to perform the procedure, I'm pretty sure the state would still go after the individual. So how does this end? I don't know. But I feel like we're headed towards chaos. The LA Times seems to think, the, seems to think so, at least a little bit, publishing this op-ed. Has the Supreme Court put us on the path towards civil war? To the editor. In 1857, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that a black man was not a citizen and therefore had no right to control his own body. For a number of years, many in the South had already been threatening secession, but the court's decision so shocked the North that people there were too in frame of mind that our country was of two cultures. Thus, the civil war began in 1861. Eh, It's a bit different. There's a bit more nuance there. The Mississippi abortion case set on Friday is eerily parallel. It is the Dred Scott case of our time. The justices decided that more than 50% of our population do not have a right to control their own bodies. 
Actually, no, that's the opposite of what they've decided. The Supreme Court ruled, first and foremost, they don't have the authority to weigh in on, on these issues, and it's a state issue. So they didn't say anything about that. But uh, actually, the Roe decision argued that the baby is a body and has its own rights. And thus, we got the, the trimester standard. Then Roe and Casey set the viability standard. But the basic idea of the federal government was, if the baby is its own body, at what point does it have constitutional rights? And the argument was basically viability. And thus, abortion is allowed up until the baby is viable for the most part, they say. And just as in the 1850s, for a number of years, some have been talking about secession. This court decision has so shocked the rest of us, we no longer recognize our country. It puts us in a frame of mind that we are truly two countries, with communications being much faster than in Scott's day. The next civil war may come more quickly. I do not want to see the bloody conflict the right-wing militias are thirsting for. I would rather the matter be decided with a nationwide referendum. I write this with a saddened heart. Mile, Mile, Melconian. Probably pronouncing your name wrong, but I agree. We don't want the conflict. Unfortunately, it's not about what we want. Of course, nobody wants war, but war comes. I mean, some people do. You know, Henry Kissinger wanted war, I guess. The neocons, the Democrats, they love war. But I mean, among the regular people, nobody wants war. But it's the direction we're heading in. Right. Milconian, I know you don't want to see bloody conflict that you think the right wing militias are thirsting for. And there probably are many. I certainly don't want to see the conflict that Antifa is thirsting for. And I know for a fact they are. The issue is, what happens when an abortion is performed on federal jurisdiction in a state by, by people who are subject, subjects of the law of that state among a person who lives as a, as a resident of that state? Will the state prosecutor just say, we know you did it, we don't care where? That's the issue. Now, I don't know if military bases or federal lands will um, bring on civilian contractors to perform abortions. But I don't see why not. Perhaps the abortions will be formed by doctors who are, you know, in the armed forces of some, of some sort. Okay. I still think there's a strong possibility that there's going to be a, a, a doctor who's active duty, who lives off base, which means they are subject to the laws of the state, who performs an abortion on, a, on an active duty female service member who, who lives in that same state off base, who is subject to the laws of that state. And the prosecutor says to this man, I don't care where you performed the illegal activity. We have evidence you did. They get the documents. The name signed off on it. And he says, but the federal government says I can't be held. They say, you killed someone. That's how we see it. I don't know. In another letter, they basically say the same thing. There are many letters to, this, to the LA Times editor talking about the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade. So here we are. And now Joe Biden is talking about ending the filibuster. What'll happen? What comes next? The Democrats, I think, will desperately try to codify Roe v. Wade in some capacity. In order to do so, they will need to bypass the filibuster. However, the codification of Roe did not fail because of the filibuster. It failed because Manchin said no. They could not get enough votes. Manchin said, this doesn't codify Roe. It expands abortion. Would nullify some 500 state laws. I'm not signing it. If the Democrats do nullify the filibuster, if they, if they do end the filibuster, meaning they only need 50 votes, 
and the tiebreaker from Kamala, then put forward a more reasonable codification that Manchin gets behind. Then according to federal law and federal jurisdictions, they say we can do it. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Now, the federal government can only perform this in the case of rape, incest, or health of the mother. What happens if in Texas, where there is no exception for rape and incest, that's where the abortion occurs? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? We have a normalcy bias and we have optimism bias. The what if question is interesting because our optimism bias says it's never going to get that bad even if it does happen, right? Things just can't happen. The good stuff is going to happen. It's not going to go bad. Well, I'll tell you this right now. Optimism bias, you out the window. This is not good, regardless of how it's framed, left or right. Bad things are happening. Either the federal government is saying we're going to ignore state law, which is bad for the pro-life side. And for the pro-choice side, abortion's being banned. What about normalcy bias? These things can't happen. Everything's going to keep on keeping on because no one's got the willpower. We are already in unprecedented times. Roe v. Wade being overturned is the biggest story of our generation, of multiple generations. It's huge, at least in terms of domestic policy. A reality TV real estate mogul was president. We are already in unprecedented unprecedented times. Normalcy bias is out the window. So why would you just assume it couldn't happen? The Democrats should be warned about getting rid of the filibuster. Last time they did that, they opened the door to three Supreme Court justices being put on Supreme Court. And that's it. Mitch McConnell was then able to get these justices on. And then Roe v. Wade was overturned by one vote. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg had retired and Obama was able to replace her, this wouldn't have happened. But let's be real. Mitch McConnell jammed up Obama at the very end, making it impossible. No matter what, this is where we were headed. Even if Ruth Bader Ginsburg retired, she would have had to have retired earlier before Obama lost the House and the Senate. Then they could have appointed somebody who'd still be in office today, and Roberts would not have sided with overturning Roe. So it does seem ultimately like It's all inevitable, like we're watching the grand story play out before our eyes. Several years ago, I said civil war. Y'all told me I was crazy. Y'all laughed at me. I'm just kidding. A lot of people were like, you're nuts. 
Vice made fun of me for selling emergency food, and now we're in a food shortage with a food shortage to come. I wasn't wrong. That's a funny thing. In 2012, I was talking to a journalism professor. She told me, Tim, you have the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market. And I was like, man, yeah, really? I was doing street live streaming, and none of these big companies wanted to fund it. They didn't know how. It wasn't part of their business plans. So they didn't do it. And that was it. And then a couple of years later, they all started picking it up. But by then, I had already moved on because I have the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market. Maybe it's because I read a lot. In 2018, I said, it looks like we're headed towards civil war. I was reading articles saying as such. People said I was crazy and I was wrong and it could never happen. Then the culture war reached the highest levels of the federal government. I mean, it was already there with Trump, but became pronounced and substantially worse. Now you've got the Department of Justice, the Department of Defense, outright rejecting the Supreme Court. Now, it's, it's not like they're saying, you know, the Supreme Court banned abortion or anything like that. They're just saying we're going to keep doing what we want, regardless of state law. No, I think when you look at the food shortages and I said, you know, buy emergency food because a food shortage could come, it wasn't a hard bet to make. The news stories were outright saying costs were through the roof, inflation was through the roof, and food was in short supply. Now we've got news stories saying that there's, there's going to be a lower crop yield at the fall harvest and no diesel to actually harvest the crops in the first place. Sounds like a food shortage. Several months ago, maybe about eight months ago, Alex Jones made a statement on his show that went viral. It went viral at the end of February. He said, at the end of February, there's going to be a major war. They're gearing up for it. And people said, it's prophetic. How did Alex Jones know? Alex gave a simple explanation. He was like, it was all in the news. It wasn't a secret. You just needed to read it. And you could read about the funding. You could read about the warnings. You could read about Vladimir Putin's troop buildup on, the, on, on uh, Ukraine's eastern border. So when February happened and the invasion happened, everyone went, Alex Jones was right. How did he know? And Alex goes, I just read the news. So people think it's prophetic. It's not. When I say this stuff is coming, I'm not just making stuff up. I'm saying, I don't know if it'll actually happen. I'm saying there's a decent probability, but we are reading right now. Let me break this down for you. The Department of Defense saying, regardless of state law, we will perform abortions. If the state says we will prosecute anyone who aids in abortion, it doesn't matter where it happens. Let's say there's an active duty service personnel. What do I do when her friend says, let me help you out? And her friend's a civilian. The states will go after her. Let's say it's a civilian doctor or not even, but they live off base, subject to the jurisdiction of the state. The state will go after them. Why would they not? And then what happens when the federal government says no? Could it be? Is it possible? It doesn't seem likely. But imagine an active duty service personnel on their way. They live off base. They're married. They're driving in. And a bunch of state police vehicles stop them right before they get into the base. And they say, you're under arrest for aiding and abetting abortion. And the, and the woman's like, uh, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I wor- I'm a, you know, I work for the, the federal government. And they're like, you're subject to our laws. Just because you're in the Army or the Air Force or the Marines doesn't mean you're allowed to break state law. What happens when there is a vehicle being driven by a federal agent to a federal, to federal jurisdiction? 
a federal military base. And it gets pulled over by the state and they say the person in the back seat, the doctor performed an abortion. He's being arrested. What happens when the feds say you can't take him? We won't let you. Who backs down? What happens when it gets to that point? No, it may not. It might not. We could be decades away. Who knows? With the speed at which communication is happening, I think it's possible it happens. But I'm not a psychic. You know, I said that it felt like we were getting closer and closer to civil war. And now all these outlets are saying the bas- basically the same thing. We saw in 2020 this idea uh, among uh, this, this big network of prominent Democrats that if Donald Trump won, the West Coast would secede. That, that's what they, they argued would happen. Maybe not. Nothing like that's really happened so far. But nobody thought Roe v. Wade would be overturned. These are unprecedented times. So maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe pay attention to the fact that the door has been opened. That it is possible. And then we'll see what happens. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl or at timcast.com. You can watch live there. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all then. In what can only be described as winning, the Daily Wire has signed Jordan Peterson and has announced they have 890,000 paid subscribers. I love that they gave us that actual number, 890,000, because you could just round up and be like about 900,000. But no, no, they're going to be precise. Hey, here's some good news for y'all in the morning. The Daily Wire only a few months ago had 600,000 subscribers. They've been doing tremendous work with the launching of Terror on the Prairie with Gina Carano and and a whole bunch of other shows coming out. They just announced the other day you've got, I think it's called Chip Chilla Kids Show and now announcing Jordan Peterson. I was laughing all last night when I I saw the news because the Daily Wire did their backstage live at the same time as Timcast IRL. So I didn't see the news until after the show. And then I started busting out laughing because um, winning. I just I just love to see CNN Plus fail after three weeks. They couldn't even fail on schedule. They ended up shutting down early. It's amazing. And then you take a look at what is actually working. The Daily Wire signing Jordan Peterson, expanding their programming, generating an estimated $11 million per month in subscriber revenue. And that's not including all the other partnerships, book sales, product sales. They even have razors for your face. Jeremy's razors. And Jeremy apparently doesn't shave, although I assume he trims. It's a good day, man. Um, you know, I'm looking at all this news. I had a segment about abortion and stuff, and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, let's wake up with a laugh and a smile on our face as we all celebrate the demise of the corporate press, their scumbaggery, their manipulations, and laugh and celebrate people like Jordan Peterson getting signed to an exclusive multi-year deal with the Daily Wire Plus as outlets that actually are gutting and spitting in the face of the establishment are succeeding. It's not just the Daily Wire that's doing really well. You know, oh man, I'm just, I'm feeling really good this morning. Congratulations, the Daily Wire guys. I see this, this thing, you know, and they're like, they signed Jordan Peterson. They get this big personality they've signed. And I'm like, man, I am so jealous what the Daily Wire is doing. Here I am, but a humble CEO of TimCast.com. How can I get to the level with a million subscribers? Okay, now I'm really rounding up but it's fantastic. 
Because I know that as the Daily Wire succeeds, as they expand into movies, as they sign on people like Dr. Peterson, they're clearing the way for my company, which is coming up, you know, uh, well behind. There are other websites and other personalities that are much bigger than I, but I'm watching them trailblaze, set the standard, take over, and I'm riding that wake. I'm wakeboarding behind the Daily Wire, as it were. We're a bit different. You know, I think Daily Wire is fairly conservative. They want to expand, and I think they want to be more than just conservative punditry. And um, I think, you know, we at Timcast are a bit more just centrist libertarian. And maybe that holds us back. That's, that's true. There, you know, I look at the events they do. I look at the, the, the personalities they have, and they're all very, very much more conservative than we here at TimCast.com. And the people we've hired have ranged from, you know, right wing to kind of a, a liberal center left. No one's really a leftist here because the left has gone completely insane. But I'd have no problem hiring someone who is, you know, progressive if they're honest. But I know that uh, watching The Daily Wire succeed, it's confidence building. Because I know that for one, we're winning. Not just The Daily Wire. Their success is our success. The more people they sign, the more we know that what we're doing is going to win eventually. So I'll put it this way. You know, when I see The Daily Wire signing Jordan Peterson and doing this big deal, you know, people tell me like, Tim, you've also signed a bunch of people. Um, Taylor Silverman, the skateboarder, has agreed to come and work with us. And um, th- there's some other people I can't uh, I can't mention. We're just not as big as the Daily Wire, but we're also expanding our team. We're also growing. And perhaps once we get to the point where we have 890,000 subscribers, we can afford to sign on people like Dr. Peterson as well, though he'll be at the Daily Wire. Give us a few years and I'm confident we'll be doing much the same. But we've brought in a bunch of really cool people already. Taylor Silverman's the skateboarder. We're talking with her about just general skate culture stuff. We want to do a skate shop. We want to do skating events. We want to do a show. We're building, we're building a new big facility with ramps and everything. And so we're getting there. Timcast.com is getting there. So I'll tell you this. Before we go further, if you want to support our work, head over to Timcast.com. Click sign up to become a member and help us expand to the point where perhaps in a couple of years, we too shall be at the same level of subscribers as the Daily Wire. And we will be we will be expanding this space. I'm a big fan of the Daily Wire, guys. I don't agree with Ben Shapiro on a lot of policy, but I agree on the facts. And that's the important thing. We have uh, we recently signed on Jamie Kilstein, the comedian. He did a set in New York. It was hilarious. And now we are getting started with our comedy show, Cast Castle Vlog. Go to youtube.com slash Cast Castle. Check it out. Now, I am not blind to the fact that uh, we, we are not as big and as streamlined and as well produced as the Daily Wire, of course, because they're like 10 to 20 times bigger than we are. But what we're doing with Cast Castle is, is on par. We have much of the same goals. We're just in a slightly cultural different space. But we agree on a lot of the, the core issues. The establishment lies. They manipulate. And we've got to challenge that system. So what are we doing? Cast Castle, we're just getting started. All right. So the idea is it's like a fictionalized version of the production house, the studio house we have here for making the Tim Cast IRL podcast and our other shows. And so we're, we're ramping things up. I personally do not take the approach of many larger corporations where you hire a big team and say, make it good. And then you go through this iterative process where you keep going, you know, figuring out until you can get something powerful. No, no, I'm like, guys, just make videos, have fun. 
Are they going to be the best videos in the world and the funniest thing you've ever seen? No, probably not. Are they going to be funny? Yeah, you'll get a good laugh. And the point is, you just do the work. And over time, we'll build those shows up. So that's where we're at. We, we recently hired Adrian Norman. He's a great, ex, he's an excellent journalist. He's an excellent personality. I'm looking forward, Adrian, to having you out. And we're going to be expanding our operation. For us to get to the point where we can have 890,000 subscribers, we've got to offer up more than just one podcast. That's why we're building more. Tales from the Inverted World Season 2 launching tomorrow. We've got a book. It is amazing. And um, we're going to keep doing the work. We're going to keep doing the work and grinding. So uh, let me just say, shout out to the Daily Wire crew. Let's read this news because I want y'all to be excited for what's to come. I want you to be excited for the Daily Wire. And I want you to go to TimCast.com and become a member to support our work because I have never been more jealous watching the Daily Wire succeed. But it's cool because I say that somewhat in jest. I, am, I, I, I just can't stress it enough. When, uh, you know, I'm in regular contact with the crew over the Daily Wire for various stuff because we have their people on our, on our show. And I'm more than happy to shout them out and the stuff they're doing because there's one thing that I care about. And it is not money. And it is not building a massive subscriber base. What I care about is proving to the establishment and the corrupt media they will lose. That's it. You know, once we snap and watch the corporate press crumble and fade away, I will smile upon a grateful universe, and then perhaps I'll go be a farmer. I think Dylan Radigan did that, but he more so just got angry at the system. You remember, he was, he was with MSNBC, and he just left, and he started doing, I think, like hydroponics and stuff. I will go farm, and then I will gaze upon a grateful universe when the corrupt establishment is beaten down and dissolved. That's what I care about. So for me, watching the Daily Wire succeed and shouting them out, it serves that goal. I can sit back, I can put my feet up and know that we are winning. The success of the crew in Nashville and the Daily Wire is our success as well. But of course, I'm a doer. I'm not just going to sit back and cross my fingers and hope the Daily Wire gets the job done. I'm actually a member of the Daily Wire as well. And I got I to say it, I got to be honest. Guys, I've been trying so hard to watch your movies, but I don't have the apps for my TV. It's like I need to get a Roku or something. So yeah, they need to, to, they need to expand their OTT, it's called over-the-top offerings, and get the Daily Wire app on all of the smart TV platforms. And uh, other than that, I am a member to the Daily Wire because I want them to win. I certainly want to win too. And I'm hoping that when you guys become members, we're just expanding that operation. So I'll tell you what we're doing. We have, uh, we've, we switched over to Rumble infrastructure, which means our website and our video hosting for our member content is all on Rumble. Why? I'm taking a different approach to the Daily Wire guys, all right? They're, they're going very traditional, and they've, they're storming the hill of the establishment. Brilliant. I'm a bit of a rogue. I don't, uh, I don't do things in the, tra uh, the traditional way. I, I view it like this. The Daily Wire has been fighting a battle to claim the hill that Hollywood stood upon. Hollywood decided to get woke and go broke, and they started falling back. They started breaking their ranks, and the Daily Wire stormed in, and they're taking over. Me? I'm like the Thieves Guild. We're sitting back, and we're like, we appreciate what you're doing up there on that hill. We're going we're gonna to go around the back flank and, be, and, and cut purses, as it were, and uh, um, use that to fund our operation. 
So what we do with Rumble, the way I see it is, I, I don't know what the Daily Wire is doing. I'm sure they're doing infrastructure deals in the back end as well. For us, one of the biggest and most important things we can do was first address the technology infrastructure. The fear is that these big companies will cut you off. And we still have many of these fears because we have tethers to some big tech Silicon Valley garbage. Well, we want to host people we want to host and we have conversations. Uh, we want to have conversations that don't get censored, which means we need to start building up resilience to censorship. Our member only videos on Rumble. That way we're supporting a company that will not censor us and we are providing, res- we're providing resources in that direction, but also protecting ourselves from censorship. Our entire website backend uses Rumble's web servers. So we're off AWS and all of that big tech Silicon Valley stuff. It helps support Rumble so that they can grow. It helps support the ecosystem so all of you can have access and have, and have a, a, a place where you can post your videos, places like Rumble or Minds or BitChute or, or Odyssey, without getting censored. And we just need to grow that space. So protecting ourselves. We've got other stuff in the works as well. Obviously, we've got pop culture crisis, which is growing. Our, uh, and we've got big ad campaigns we are planning. When you guys sign up as members, you are giving us the ability to start claiming this cultural space. We got a billboard in Times Square. More than one. I teamed up with the Daily Wire guys. And we put up that Taylor Lorenz billboard. Probably the best marketing we've ever done. Uh, We got tons of earned press. And then I put up a a standard billboard. I got a billboard for Michael Malice, Luke Rutkowski, Ian uh, Ian Crossland. We put those up in Times Square to make a statement and also just to do general marketing. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're growing. We're taking over. The Daily Wire is much more traditional, in my opinion. What they're doing is we're hi- they're hiring producers. You know, they're putting together... Um, you know, getting big directors and they're making movies. What we're doing is more the social media approach. I'm more concerned about, can we get a big YouTube style channel? Can we target the younger people in the place they, and they're at now? There's a challenge there. It's a lot harder to generate paying subscribers when we're going for the big marketing push. And I don't know if, maybe that's the wrong way to do it. Maybe Cast Castle should be paywall only. Maybe we'll only get two or 3,000 views per video, but that's two or 3,000 new paying subscribers that allow us to expand the show. Or maybe we need to get virality and word of mouth before. I don't know. What I do know is just watching this happen is uh, it's a we're winning moment. And I'm really happy. So um, I should slow down on the rant and actually just read a little bit of this. So let me read a little bit what Forbes is writing about the Daily Wire. They say, over the past three months, the Daily Wire added tens of thousands of new paying subscribers. No, guys, it's, a, it's hundreds of thousands. Pushing the overall subscriber number for the conservative news and media empire, founded by Ben Shapiro, Caleb Robinson, and Jeremy Boring, to 890,000. The subscriber base stood just shy of 600,000 back in April. Why would you say tens of thousands and then go on to show it's basically 300,000 in two months? I'd love to see it. They're going to mention they just released Gina Carano's Terror on the Prairie. I think what is a woman? 
probably boosted them tremendously. I think Terra on the Prairie probably did as well. And uh, I'm jealous, super jealous, but we'll get there. I'm assuming by the time we're as big as the Daily Wire, they're going to be the biggest network in the world. And I'm just Daily Wire Plus. I love it. I love it. CNN Plus goes up in flames in three weeks. And the Daily Wire Plus in two months adds 300,000 subscribers. Let's just say those people are tuning in for movies at 12 bucks a month. Wow. Maybe Timcast needs to charge more. I'm gonna, I looked at what they're doing. I'm like, maybe they got it right. But they got way more content. They do. We basically have, you know, we have the Green Room Show. Um, we, have, we have seasonal tales from the inverted world. And we have the Monday through Thursday Timcast IRL exclusive after hours show. So they're growing and they're expanding. Check this out. There's still more coming. Say along those lines, they announced Jordan Peterson signed a multi-year deal with the Daily Wire with the latter set to handle the ad sales and distribution associated with the Jordan B. Peterson podcast. Money to be made, man. Now, um, Daily Wire guys hit me up and they're like, dude, you got to come out. We're gonna make this big announcement because uh, we're, we're, we're good friends with those guys over there. We're doing something different, though, uh, at Timcast. And maybe maybe I need to learn from them and see how they're handling things. Or maybe I'll just we'll just keep doing our thing and we'll grow. And I think that's a good thing. I, I do. I think that uh, um, I'm not going to follow in exactly what they're doing, although I looked at them for inspiration. Absolutely. Because of how big they are and successful they are. I think what we've got is their massive success. And as I mentioned, the rogues, the, the, the rogues and the thieves guild or whatever down here at the bottom of the hill. And we're going about it in a slightly different way. Their success is ours. Jordan Peterson signing on with them. Man, the empire grows. They didn't mention the financial terms. I would have loved to have seen that. But um, I'll give you my honest assessment. They said financial terms of which were not disclosed. Daily Wire subscribers will get exclusive bonus content with every episode of the Peterson's podcast, while subscriber-only specials with Peterson and other guests will also be forthcoming. Peterson's show will continue on a twice-weekly basis, and its existing podcast and video library are now housed in the Daily Wire Plus. I have an idea of what I think they pay Jordan Peterson. I have an idea, but I could be wrong, and I'm not going to say too much because if they didn't disclose it, I'm not going to speculate. I do know the guys at Daily Wire. Uh, I don't know Jordan Peterson. I do know his numbers. I do know general numbers in the industry. But if they're not keeping it, if they're not making it public, I won't say anything. But I will say, I do wonder. I think my assessment of what Peterson's getting paid is probably incorrect. If it were me and I was being made an offer by any company, I would insist, nay, demand that they publish the number they gave me unless it was small. So that's all I, I can really say. It could be that the amount of money they're paying Jordan Peterson is so high, and I'd imagine they'd have to pay a lot to get Jordan Peterson, that it might make Peterson and his family worried because I'll put a target on his back. Dave Chappelle talked about this when he got, you know, the 50 million or whatever they announced on TV. I don't know if he actually got 50 million, but he was like, it makes you a marked pig. For me, I'd be like, pump those numbers up, make it as big as possible, and then slam that press release down with saying exactly how much the deal is worth. That's my mentality. I want to make sure these people know they're losing. I want them to know that your failed ideology is worthless. I want them to know. It's not about gloating. It's about sending a message that number, when Joe Rogan announced that $100 million deal with Spotify, as at least it was announced in the Wall Street Journal, 
That number says something. What you do is garbage to the establishment. And what we do is the new era. And maybe this will convince many people who are too scared to quit. Maybe this will say to them, there is money here. We can hire you. We can get you out of that cult. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't act like I can hire everybody. We get emails. We have tens of thousands of emails of people saying they want to work for you here at TimCast. We have 30 employees and we're growing. I wish we could just outright hire more people faster. Not that easy. I don't know. But I think they should announce how much money was, was, was spent. I think, I, well, I'll put it this way. The Daily Wire is telling you, they are telling you, 890,000 paying subs, 12 bucks per month to watch their shows. Do the math. That's 10.6 million per month. They announced $100 million per year. You don't need to be scared anymore. Granted, I'm sure everyone and their mom is desperately trying to work for, with, with the Daily Wire, and that's our advantage. The Daily Wire and TimCast. People want to work here. I, I can't tell you, you know, the, the issue is we can only grow as fast as humanly possible. Thanks to all of you as members, we have resources. We're building a new building. We're building out new shows. We hired Jamie Kilstein to be a, a core player in writing comedy for the cast castle. And we're, we're, we're growing more. What we don't have, we, we're working on documentaries. So we've got two in the pipeline in the preliminary stages, a Federal Reserve doc and a, and a gun control documentary. Freedom. Freedom. We don't have the resources to do what the Daily Wire does because we're not that big. So we're not going to be hiring big Hollywood crews, sound boards, building all these sets. But we are building a new facility based in West Virginia, and it can only go as fast as humans can go. They're setting up the building. It takes time. We got to get permits. It takes time. We've got to vet people. It takes time. We just can't grow fast enough. Now, putting together these documentaries, we could do that. We need more members. And that's the thing. Right now, our principal members only offering is just the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday. We do have pop culture crisis. We have Chicken City. Chicken City makes a lot of money. No joke. It doesn't make enough to fund anything beyond itself, but it is profitable. So we're expanding that operation. We, what we want to do with Cast Castle is we want to make a show that's on par with The Office or 30 Rock. And some people don't like it. They're like, it's just not that good. Well, duh, we just started. We just started making these episodes. If we had 100,000, 200,000 paying members, yeah, I'd hire big name producers and say, make it happen. We'd hire some actors. We got one, Jamie. And then we basically have the crew here who is capable of doing it. So we've got to go to that point. But we are. We are getting to that point. And then I think once we get those shows, we'll do more. Um, we're, we're doing more opinion pieces for the website. Going to be paywalled. And we're trying to do as much as we can to create a real offering for the paywall. Here's the big challenge for us and for anybody. The question is, do you lock everything behind a paywall? Make yourself gradually less famous and then have a harder time marketing your content? Or do you say it costs us money to produce this content, so we ask that you, you pay? It's a little bit of both. The Daily Wire is at the point now with 890,000 subs that they can outright just say the snowball's rolling down the hill. They're unstoppable. They can sign Jordan Peterson, put him behind a paywall, and say people are going to pay for it. 
because they don't need to worry about whether they're famous or not. They're as famous as famous can get. For us at Timcast, Timcast, we're not. Timcast IRL. On iTunes, we typically bounce from like the 230th biggest podcast in the world to like the 130th or, you know, it, it flickers. How do we get Timcast IRL to be in the top 10? That I don't know. We've got to figure it out. So we can't just lock everything behind a paywall hoping to make more money because then you, you uh, um, hinder your, your cultural influence. And that's really what this is about. So it's, you've got to do a little bit of both. Here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to produce enough content that can be shared, that we will grow our influence, that we will inspire people to become members at TimCast.com so we can start producing more behind, you know, more paywalled content. We are working on apps. We just don't have the manpower. We want mobile apps, Android, iOS. We want OTT apps. We want you to be able to watch all of this stuff on TV. We just got to do the work. But the good news is we're winning. That's the best thing. So I'll tell you this, guys. I view, I view Timcast, and I think it's fair to say, as a ver- fairly centrist libertarian operation. Daily Wire is fairly conservative. Bringing on Jordan Peterson, they're starting to move into that more traditionalist but uh, slightly more centrist uh, space. I know the Daily Wire absolutely wants to be a larger company, not just conservative, and that's where they are now. That's what they're called. But they're, they're seeking to expand beyond that. Timcast.com is basically led by me. And I'm basically a centrist libertarian type, leaning slightly center left on some policy issues. The people who work here at Timcast are comparable. We have uh, we have a Catholic conservative who works for us. And then we have like moderate, regular people, you know, of, of varying political ideologies. The only thing that we really care about is we believe in civil rights, individuality, personal responsibility. Some people lean slightly further left, but we're actually fairly apolitical. Like we're all, I should say, not, not so much apolitical, but centrist. So I'll say it like this. We, we, we uh, made an offer to Taylor Silverman, the skateboarder. She'll be joining us and helping to put together uh, a couple new shows around action sports, skateboarding, things like that. We're going to be hosting contest series. We are going to be giving out excellent cash prices. Prizes. It's something the Daily Wire isn't doing, and maybe they should. But um, here's the way I see it. We're going to build culture, and we're going to challenge the machine. You look at these skate contests, you look at these, these sporting events, and people have questions about how the woke has been handling them. So we are going to launch our own series of events. I don't know if Taylor will be exactly involved in what I'm talking about here. She's going to be working on, um, at least for the time being, the, the idea is to do a show that is action sports at our new facility where there's going to be ramps and foam pits, and it's going to be shenanigans. I would say not too dissimilar to Fantasy Factory, but maybe a bit more serious and more um, sporting-like. Think of like Nitro Circus, um, Nitro Circus, Fantasy Factory, Dude Perfect, these kind of vibes. We want to inspire young people and we want to have our values instilled in those things. So that's what we're working on. We're going to be bringing on more people and expanding these things and we're going to have more stuff exclusive once we have the TimCast.com app. I don't know. Timcast was never the brand I intended to, to be pushing for all of this, but we kind of had no choice as the way things went. So anyway, anyway, kind of a, just, a, a, I don't know, shop talk industry stuff. Shout out to the Daily Wire. It's just massive. Jordan Peterson joining. The, the stuff we're working on, I'm really excited for. We're hiring more and more people. We're trying, we, we're working on video games, right? We're working on video games, working on action sports. We're working on music. We've got uh, a couple songs already done. 
We've got uh, uh, one song that is just, it's really good. Carter Banks, our music producer, is slaying it. I hope that in a few years' time, when TimCast.com has been around, I'll, I'll put it this way. The Daily Wire, I think they're like seven or eight years old, and they're huge. TimCast is, I think, going on a year and a half, right? When did we launch? We launched at the beginning of 2021. And yeah, it was fairly, fairly limited. We didn't even have any editorial offering. I'm hoping that by the time we're at three or four years old, we're as big as they are now, that we will grow faster than The Daily Wire did. And to be fair, it's only because The Daily Wire is paving the way. They're the trailblazers here. And we're riding that wake. But we're going to grow. We're going to go faster than they were able to grow because of the, the, the roads they've been able to pave. And then eventually, it's going to be hilarious when um, corporate press is just done. CNN is in the gutter. MSNBC's ratings are already trash. And then you take a look at uh, the Daily Wire. They're, 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 they're basically like the new CNN. And I don't mean that as a, as a dig. I mean, there was a time when CNN launched. A 24-hour news network was unheard of. They were the trailblazers. And it was a big deal. The Daily Wire is the new big deal. And then, following that, other channels started to pop up. So here we go. I hope you're ready for the wild ride. And I appreciate all of you being a part of it. So... Support our work, share our stuff. We've got a long way to go to get to that point. We've got to sign more personalities like this. We've got to launch new shows, and we're working on it. We have Pop Culture Crisis. We have Tales from the Inverted World. Adrian Norman, who's an amazing personality. Adrian, we've got to talk about getting your show up and running and doing more podcasts. We've got Josie the Red-Headed Libertarian. She's working for us. We're trying to figure out how to make that work, so Josie, stay tuned. But I'm really excited for all of this. Consider this my mini backstage live where I talk about the stuff we're working on. You know what I want more than anything? I want to walk into my yard and pick some fresh mulberries and smile in a grateful universe that the lying, deceitful corporate press has lost. And this is the work we have to do to make it there. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Joe Biden has good news for all of you American citizens struggling with high gas prices and a crippled economy, failing supply chains, airlines basically canceling tons of flights. The good news is we will not rest. Gas prices will remain high for as long as it takes until Ukraine wins, because we all know that you working class Joe or Jane at home trying to fill up your gas tank, are mostly concerned with Ukraine. You don't need dental care. You don't need to get groceries. You don't need a job. You just need to know deep down in your heart of hearts that Joe Biden is doing everything so that you can sacrifice your comfort, stability, and safety for Ukraine. Bravo. Here's the real story. The New York Post. High gas prices to last as long as it takes for Ukraine victory. You betcha. American drivers will have to endure high gas prices for as long as it takes. At the conclusion of this week's NATO summit in Madrid, the president was asked by New York Times reporter Jim Tankersley about the surging price of oil as a result of Western sanctions on Russia in response to its February 24th assault. Quote, the war has pushed prices up. Oil could go as high as $200 a barrel, some analysts think. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes, Biden answered. 
Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. This is a critical, critical position for the world. Come on, man. Here we are. Why do we have NATO? I told Putin that, in fact, if we were to move against Ukraine, if we, we would move to strengthen NATO. We would move to strengthen NATO across the board. During his 26-minute presser, Biden also reiterated his administration's stance that the spike in energy and food prices around the world is primarily the consequence of the Russian invasion, which has constricted wheat deliveries from Ukraine, as well as oil and natural gas deliveries to Europe. The bottom line is, ultimately, the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Huh, Biden? The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. I think there's going to be a civil war in this country because you can't just come out and like say stuff like that when gas in L.A. is nearing eight bucks, when nationwide it's at five bucks and regular people are struggling. You can't just come out and be like, I'm going to make sure you sacrifice everything you have so that my son Hunter can be on the board of Burisma and get $83,000 per month. I know the timeline doesn't make sense, but you get my point. Is this what it's really about? Joe Biden cutting deals, quid pro quo, this and that, tit for tat? Hey, I'll tell you this, Joe Biden, he's delivering tons of hot cash to Ukraine. Kind of wonder why, right? Like, what's their strategic value of Ukraine? Well, perhaps it's because Europe needs natural gas and Russia uses Ukraine, but it can't just be that, can it? Maybe it's a big part of it. You know, Qatar Turkey pipeline, U.S. special interests, all of that stuff. And then you get Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma. $83,000 per month, they reported. The company, the founder, Mykola Zlachevsky, being investigated by a prosecutor named Victor Shokin. And then Joe Biden, seemingly as a coincidence, he says, goes to Ukraine and says, if you want the billion dollar loan guarantees, you got to fire the prosecutor. Joe, you don't have the authority to do that. Oh, wait, that's what the president of Ukraine said. And he says, call the president, see what he says. Quid pro quo. And now here we are being made sure that you sacrifice everything. I'm going to tell you why I think there's going to be a civil war for, for a variety of reasons. But I also think it's because the situation we have here in the United States is it's, it's, it's untenable. Big blue cities. It's like the Hunger Games. You've seen the Hunger Games. I love my pop culture references where in the capital People are wearing ridiculous clothing and they're dripping, drinking Ipecac to vomit so they can eat more, which I never understood, to be honest, because like, yo, if I ate a whole bunch of food to the point where I was like really sick and wanted to barf and then I ingested Ipecac and barfed, I would not feel like eating my I, that would it'd be painful. Who wants to have you ever barfed before? Of course you have. Do you want to eat right afterwards? I never understood that. But here's what I see. I see regular people struggling. I see the struggle so intense that polls are shifting so heavily for Republicans, it's shattering records because regular people are suffering. They're suffering. They're worried that the lives of their children will be worse than the lives of their parents or their lives, that they won't be able to give them anything. So when Joe Biden comes out and says this, I want to consider, I want you to consider where we are as a nation. Joe Biden wants you to sacrifice. Now, I'm assuming most of the people who are watching this video, you are not uh, well off. 
You're probably not getting paid six figures. That's not the, the median in this country. And it is the Democrats that are the party of the wealthy elites. Makes sense. Take a look at these cities. I want to show you a video of, the day, of a day in the life of a 22-year-old employee at LinkedIn that's going viral to explain why I think this country will get torn apart. Because you cannot have wealthy urban centers living in excess while they vote away the rights of the poor working class. Let's talk about what it means to be bourgeois or proletariat. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. You know, I'm going to do a shout out for the website because we really want to drive those memberships. Before we show this video, head over to TimCast.com, subscribe, become a member to support our work because, you know what, I'm deeply inspired by the Daily Wire. And I want to do documentaries too. We want to expand our offerings. We've got a bunch of shows that we need more. We have five shows. Chicken City is on the website because it's a bit too different. Chicken City is actually fairly profitable, though. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive TimCast IRL shows, the podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., uncensored, not very family friendly. You'll be supporting our expansion. we got documentaries coming, so please go to TimCast.com and sign up to become a member to support our work. Let me show you this video that I saw going viral. I want you to watch this. And then I want you to think about what Joe Biden is saying about your gas prices. Day in my life as a 22-year-old living in Chicago working in tech. Please do not punch your monitor screens when you see this. Today was one of those days where you leave for work at 7 a.m. and you don't get back until past midnight. I left for work early for a 9 a.m. meeting that was conveniently canceled right beforehand. But luckily I got to the lobby and there were these eucalyptus towels waiting for me, which is really nice, and some fresh orange water, which I of course took before taking the elevator up to the office. Okay. This user on Twitter mentions that this chick gets, uh, this woman is getting $24 an hour. So I want you to consider already. She comes in at 9 a.m. with a eucalyptus wrap for her face and some orange water. She's getting $24 an hour. Let's show, oh, there's some, they put mint in the melon. Get it. Ugh. I grabbed some breakfast, normal oatmeal and chia seed pudding, and we finally oatmeal and chia seed pudding, and finally got LinkedIn we got mugs. LinkedIn mugs in the office, which I'm so excited about, and prepped some LinkedIn content. Then I found out that the wall heart that we have in the office is made out of recycled trees from Chicago, which was so okay. cool. Fun fact. And then it was time for our company all hands, so I grabbed our drink of the day, which is a blackberry mojito, and headed downstairs to the all hands. Is she legit drinking alcohol midday? A blackberry mojito? That's alcoholic in the middle of the day. All hands, so I, I, I guess. grabbed our drink of the day, which is a blackberry mojito, and okay. headed downstairs to the all hands room with some of my coworkers. There weren't that many people there, but listen to them sing Mamma Mia. Yeah, listen to them sing Mamma Mia. Do, 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 do. Yep, everyone's clapping and singing Mamma Mia. We work. love that song. We grabbed some lunch because we were starving after that. There was this cool little dish, and I grabbed a chai latte before heading to work. Watch some of my coworkers play ping pong. Oh, watch some of her coworkers play ping pong and then went to a tried out a new quiet room, quiet which room. is a really nice area to just like relax and unplug from work. Then it was time to buckle down. I had to get certified in our new marketing lab certification on LinkedIn. So I did that and just like sat in our focus area for a while. I grabbed a snack after I was hungry and then I finished off the rest of my work before getting an email announcing the next team that I'll be joining through my BLP program. It was really exciting news. I'm going to be joining a marketing team. Work was finally over. It was hot as hell. So we went to go get some drinks in Lincoln Park before heading to a housewarming party for one of our coworkers. Here we are. There was banana. Hey, after this, I got no issues. Look, it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. This young woman living her best life. She's done nothing wrong. I take no issue with how she lives, and I take no issue with what life is like at these tech companies. At work, her friends are playing ping pong. At work, she has a quiet room where she can, she can uh, close the door and, uh, um, you know, just kind of relax. Here's why I think it's relevant and why I think this country is going to get ripped apart. I've said this many times. Wealth disparity, income inequality destabilizes nations. I know many on the right don't often talk about that. I've talked about it quite a bit, why I think wealth inequality is a problem. Steve Bannon talks about how you're getting ripped off because the wealthiest aren't paying taxes. They're not paying their, they, got, they, should, they should pay more. I mean, that's what Steve Bannon said, you're getting ripped off. When Joe Biden comes out and says, gas prices are going to be, is, 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 uh, be up as long as it takes. Come on, man. You know, regular working people who don't live the way this 22-year-old woman does, well, they're struggling. They can't make ends meet. Businesses have staff shortages. Hiring is very, very difficult. And people are just generally having a hard time of things. I see these posts on Facebook all the time. People are like, I'm struggling. I really need help. People are posting GoFundMe's like, please, please help me. You know, I can't pay my rent, things like that. So there are poor people in this country who are struggling. There's Joe Biden saying, too bad. And then what happens with the poor people is they see this young 22-year-old woman who works in tech getting $24 an hour and eucalyptus wraps and orange water and lunch. I've been to Google. Let me tell you about these places. It's the capital of the Hunger Games. You go to Google. Look, I don't think work environments should suck. I think if the businesses have the ability to make things comfortable, they should. But there is an issue when you have poor people struggling and they can't afford gas. And then you have in big cities where you, where these people vote away your rights, living in absolute luxury, dancing and just sitting back and oh, work is so hard. I don't get paid enough. The government should forgive my student loans and take the money from the poor people. Let me, add that, let, me, let me add that to the mix. These people, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying this young woman necessarily. I don't know her, her, her life outside of she gave us a glimpse into what appears to be LinkedIn's offices in Chicago. But this is typical of so many of these young people getting paid $24 an hour and then saying things like, I can't afford to pay back my loans. The government should take the money from the poors to pay off my debts. That's right. The Democrats in blue cities are demanding people like AOC that Joe Biden tax the poor to pay off the debts of the highest income earners on average in this country. And they live like this. It's remarkable to me that I don't see how this is, is sustainable at all, because sooner or later, someone's going to lose their mind and just be like, how is this how they live? Why do I have to work two jobs when I look at somebody who's, who's working at McDonald's or the gas station or the car wash, and they're getting paid 15 bucks an hour, 
and they're struggling. And then you look at this. You just have to ask yourself, why me and why her? A serious question. Now, you may be jealous of this young woman. I truly believe that hard work pays off. And I'm not trying to impugn the honor or integrity of this young woman. She just appears, she's appeared to have done nothing wrong at all. I want to make sure that's clear. And some people are showing off like her partying with her friends. I got no issue with that. We don't know the degree to which she did work that day. She was just showing the in-between stuff. But I know this feeling growing up poor, asking myself why it is that the best I could do from where I was was working as a barback and that I knew people who were lazier, angrier, more egotistical, who were being given these opportunities. And thus you get class resentment. There really is a caste system in this country. And a lot of people don't understand this. Now, you and I, we, we believe in personal responsibility, individual rights and liberties, and we're not so keen on being jealous of other people. I'm certainly not jealous of this woman, although many of you are probably rolling your eyes at the idea that you work at this place for 24 hours and you can sit around getting your chai lattes or, or whatever. That's not who we are. But there are people who are like that. There are people who don't like the idea that they slave over a hot stove or a gas station pump or a car wash. And other people live in luxury for no reason, for just literally no reason other than the circumstances of your birth. Now, those people may be angry, but you know where all of us kind of get mad? When these people are living this way and Joe Biden comes out, these people having voted for him, and he says, too bad, $5 a gallon gas. Now, of course, $5 a gallon gas will negatively impact this young woman as well. But she's not really driving. She lives in a city, so it's not that big of an impact for her. She gets a lot of her, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, so much for her is taken care of by the workplace. They expense it. And you, the hardworking American, are left holding the bag. That's where people begin to lose it. I want to tell you about the American caste system. In the U.S., some people are born to well-off families. And by virtue of being born to a well-off family, they have more access to people who have money, and thus they're more likely to have money as they get older. That's just a reality. And I don't think you got to cry about it. You can work hard and you can find upward mobility. I certainly did. And that's why America is great, because class exists everywhere. But in the United States, upward mobility is a thing. In the United States, however, just so you know, I know people who were born into rich families, did nothing, did not work hard at all. And then we're given jobs like this where they're making tons of money and the issue arises not because their parents generated wealth for them, but because they then go and vote away your rights and they want you to pay their debts. That's where the system starts to break down. They voted for Joe Biden. They don't care. They're not dealing with the damage as much as you are. You have to pay five bucks a gallon for gas. And it's because how they voted. Joe Biden wants you to sacrifice. Joe Biden wants critical race theory for your kids. And it is these people living in the capitals, in the big cities, in luxury, not always, that are doing it. It is the white progressives who work at these jobs who are voting for it. And therein lies the big problem. Now, for me, growing up, what I what I said was, look, I don't care what these people do. I I eventually end up meeting more and more people of wealth and means. And they have nothing for you other than their family has friends and they get access and they get these things. Legacy children and things like that. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at any of these people. I don't blame them for being born wealthy, like many of these far leftists do. I do, however, blame everyone for voting for Joe Biden and then making everything kind of suck for everyone. So that's what I see when I see this video. Day drinking. Seriously? Blueberry mint mojito? That's booze. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not a big drinker. But it sounds like she's day drinking at work. It's just crazy to me. These are the people who are voting for the most broken, absurd, and psychotic policies that make regular working class people suffer. And this is what Marx talked about. Marx talked about the bourgeois, the bourgeoisie. That's the middle class, not the working class. This woman, that's what it is. Middle class people, not the ultra wealthy. The proletariat were the people who are chopping down trees and mining for coal and doing the labor to make this machine work. He wasn't wrong about everything, but he was kind of stupid because he himself was just like a snooty racist rich kid, right? He pointed out some things that um, I think are fair observations. A system will not survive with a class of people stripping away the rights of the workers, those who break their backs every day and are struggling. It's not, it's, it's not going to survive. You will get a Hunger Games type scenario. What we're seeing now is the great resignation. And this is going to be interesting how this plays out. We had this woman over at CNN quit. She said, I was tired of being tired. I am part of the great resignation, giving up the early morning grind and moving home to Ohio. Interesting. Maybe we'll see more and more people just get away from these systems and say there's more meaning in life elsewhere than the rat race. But the great resignation, I think, is only possible because of the wealth and luxury these people already have. This lady can just quit her job. How many people can just quit their job? Not very many. The great resignation more so is that people of wealth and means are realizing they don't need to work when you're already well off. Now, for this woman and for many other women, those that are seeking to have families, that I understand. And if the guy is working, it's different, right? You're still putting in work. You're still seeking out your purpose. My point here is this video is going viral. 6,194 quote tweets showing the day in the life of this city tech worker. And it is absolute gluttony and luxury. And I don't blame businesses for providing that. But how can the system survive when these people voted in Joe Biden? When these people voted in the man who is telling you, poor working class proletariat, to sacrifice as long as it takes for his Ukraine victory, likely because he was doing corrupt dealings in the country, that quid pro quo. I love it. The media, these fact checkers like to try and fact check me on all whatever stupid nonsense they can, but they never come after me about the Joe Biden Burisma stuff. Yeah, you don't want to reignite that flame, do you? Joe Biden is engaged in a quid pro quo, in my opinion. That's what it sounds like. And you will pay the price as long as it takes for Joe Biden and his family to gut the system and laugh as you struggle as long as it takes. And don't worry. Somewhere in Chicago, a 22 year old tech worker is sipping on a blackberry mojito, having just proudly posted a virtue signal on Twitter about how they voted for Joe Biden. And that's why I think the system is broken. But you know what? Far be it from me to tell anybody how to do anything, huh? I decided I'm not going to be jealous of these people. I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to find my own purpose. And I think things are working out really well. And it's thanks to all of you. 
If you like the fact that I am speaking out against Joe Biden, or if you like the things that I have to say, support our work at TimCast.com. We're doing what we can to build a culture that rejects these ideas to the best of our abilities. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.